that whole thing podcast, exploring what it means to live in wholeness. I'm your host, Ben DeLong. Thanks for joining me today. everybody for, for listening again to that whole thing podcast where we explore what it means to, to live in wholeness and I'm very happy to have um, Jeff King on on the podcast he's somebody that I'm I'm just getting to know and and I, I got um, I, I heard him speak on my friend Brad Hill's podcast the dotcast about the Enneagram and um, I got really excited because I've kind of become an Enneagram nerd and I was like, oh, nice, somebody that can kind of like, ex- you know, explain it because I, uh, it's, I've just come to appreciate it as a tool so much. And I mm-hmm. think it, it just can be really helpful um, for other people. So thanks for being on the show, Jeff. Hey, thanks, Ben. Thanks for inviting me. I'm curious. Uh, so which number do you identify with? I, I'm a four. Four. All right. Well, I'm married for four. So um, we'll have. So you, so you know the struggle. <laughs> quite, quite comfortable with the conversation. <laughs> you, uh, you, you could probably sympathize really well with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what, what number does she identify with? Um, she, she's gone back and forth between a six and a seven, but she's okay. She feels All like right. she's more of a six. Uh huh. So and, yeah. Um, yeah, they're neighbors of each other, so they have a lot of overlap. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm a nine uh, on the Enneagram scale. So it kind of, I think, has some advantages um, uh, being with a, a four that can be you know, very in, uh, in, uh, intense with their emotions and expression. Yep. And so we nines just kind of ride the wave and calm it out. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard of a, uh, like a lot of four and nine couples. Uh-huh. Interesting enough, yeah. Yeah, but it, it creates a nice balance. But uh, like in any, any combination, they also have their, their struggles and friction, but that's okay. And that's how we grow. So. Yeah, we, um, we recently, my wife and I both did some focusing sessions and, um, and we've, we've talked on the show a little bit. Well, actually I, I talked to Carl forehand a little bit about that and he'll, mm-hmm. he'll, um, he'll that'll be a, an episode and I've talked to Paul about it as well, but it was so uh-huh. funny because, you know, focusing is very emotionally intense. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, my wife, like we both came out of it feeling like, Oh man, that was really, that was really refreshing. Um, but you know, I, I was ready to do another one a few weeks later, and my wife was like, "I'm I'm good for a couple of years." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had my fill. Yeah, <laughs> gotta do it again. <laughs> yeah. Why Why would you want to do? <laughs> I know. I know. It's so funny. Uh, yeah. So Jeff, um, Jeff is working and is getting close to becoming a certified teacher of the Enneagram, and um, yeah. he's also the the founder of Transmuto, uh, the nonprofit for spiritual formation. And, uh-huh. and um, we also, I, I've talked some on the show, especially from talking to Dr. Paul Fitzgerald and Carl, just about my breakthrough experience and, and Jeff went uh-huh. through that as well. So we have yeah. some, yeah. some common experiences and relationships. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, like I said, I've very much become an Enneagram nerd. Um, just, you know, because it's so, it's been so helpful for me. You know, I've, I've read so many different books and mm-hmm. it's helpful to um, understand myself kind of yeah. what, what ticks, but also 
what what I really appreciate about it and what I think is I feel like is unique at least on how well it does this is that it it says you know this is what makes you tick this is kind of where you are but we're not here to say you know yay you know keep doing that right. you know what I mean yeah. like we're, we're here to say like this is how you can become mm-hmm. more of who you're meant to be right yeah yeah, I think that sometimes is a um, a misconception or just something that people don't realize um, about the Enneagram. It's not really just be able to say, uh, okay, great, I got this certificate of whatever number or type I am hanging on the wall and move on. It's really all about being able to, with this level of self-awareness that we're able to gain uh, through the wisdom of the Enneagram, it then becomes, uh, then opens the, the door for the second stage of the work, and that is, where do we go from here? And the whole uh, goal and, and purpose of the Enneagram is about our own personal growth and transformation uh, development, whichever terms you uh, most uh, resonate with. Yeah. But if we're not getting to that stage uh, where we're beginning to grow and apply it and really uh, dig deep and, and begin to make some, uh, allow this to, to create change in our lives, then I think we've kind of missed the whole point of the Enneagram. It just becomes another kind of party conversation and, and uh, we got enough of that kind of stuff already. You know, we want something that's really going to help us uh, grow. And, and one, of, one of the many things I really love and appreciate about the Enneagram is that it really does lay out a path um, to be able to figure out. So now that I kind of see myself and recognize these ways that I tick, as you uh, put it, Ben, um, now it's like, so but what do I do with that? And mm. if, there's, if that's not working for me, how do I shift and how do I find a way to grow? And that's where, uh, for me, the, the great value of the Enneagram comes into play is because it really does give us a, a way uh, through that um, so that, yeah we're not locked in that and stuck in it. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely what I've come to appreciate about it. You know, because we can all be so, so stubborn and so blind um, Mm -hmm. in the patterns that we are. And, and, you know, we can kind of, you know, come to that mindset of, oh, this is just the way I am. Right. You know, this is who I am and, you know, take it or leave it. And it's like, well, maybe that's not who you are because, you know, I mean, so much of what we would say, quote, this is who I am, are many times, you know, defense mechanisms, coping mechanisms mm-hmm. that we've developed just to like survive childhood. Right. And um, and they work for that. You know, sometimes that's the best we know how to do. But sure. you, yeah. you, you get married, you get, you know, adult relationships, you get friendships, you get into your working relationships, and those mechanisms just don't work anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm fond of saying uh, those patterns that we have uh, developed uh, to get us through whatever, our childhood, uh, our developing years, you know, pat pat ourselves on the back for figuring out a way to get through it. Um, Pretty remarkable. And um, and many of those patterns work until they don't. And, you know, what you just described, uh, stepping into – adult relationships like marriage or becoming a parent or you get put in a work situation or uh, anywhere where there's like intense relationships or challenges that, uh, that come with life. 
um, some of those go-to mechanisms that we kind of use to, to get through to where we are uh, begin to break down and we begin to hit the wall. And that's where often then we begin to ask questions of what do I do now kind of a thing. And that's where I, yeah, the Enneagram really shines light on that. And uh, you do a, uh, a nice uh, job of identifying uh, our Enneagram type of what, what we call our, you know, personality type in the Enneagram, our number, whatever. It's easy to say, well, that, you know, I'm a nine. Well, I'm really not a nine. Uh, nine is what I do to, uh, to survive and make yeah. it. Um, yeah. There's something more substantial, more real, more authentic, uh, more essence underneath that, mm. uh, that will embrace some of those nine qualities. Um, but it, it opens a door for all the other numbers, all the other types, all the other uh, uh, traits of, of personality that also I have access to. Mm. Um, yeah. So our Enneagram type isn't quote who we are. We're not stuck in that. In fact, it's, it's designed to help us see, Oh, you know, that's kind of what I do. And I, the real me doesn't show up. Mm. Um, and, and the challenge of the real me uh, showing up, that takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot of, you know, self-awareness and willingness to, uh, to grow and to move forward and uh, kind of take responsibility for ourselves um, uh, to see that we, we grow and become more effective in the way we live our life and how we do relationships. Mm, yeah, definitely. So it, I think it'd be really good to kind of go okay. over, just go over the types um, right. and just talk about, you know, what, what they have to offer, um, right. the way they, they look to grow. And what, what do you think would be more helpful to kind of go do one at a time and kind of touch on all that stuff for each type or just to kind of go like, this is the growth for each one. You know what um, I mean? Well, let me, let me just kind of lay out uh, kind of how the Enneagram is, is structured. So people who, if they're just kind of getting, you know, introduced to this, they have a, at least kind of a picture in their mind of how this okay. plays out. The Enneagram, uh, the word itself uh, talks, uh, there's, there's two root words at play with the Enneagram. Ennea, uh, which is a Greek for nine, um, and then gram, which a diagram, that's where we get the word diagram. And so it's a way to type our personalities, and uh, there are nine uh, personality types that then are structured around a diagram of a circle. And so these nine points around the circle um, uh, represent what we call the Enneagram uh, you know, symbol. Um, and uh, it's a little bit different in the sense that uh, there's not a hierarchy to these numbers. Uh, for example, in whichever direction you want to go, uh, seven is not better than one because it's a bigger number, uh, nor mm. is one the best because it's, you know, rated one. These are just numbers assigned to different personality types. Um, but they're, they're placed around the number. Nine sits at the top, like the 12 o'clock position on a clock. Mm -hmm. And then goes around in chronological order, clockwork fashion, one uh, through nine around the circle. Um, but each of these points represent a particular personality structure. Um, and so I'll just give you a quick rundown of each one. One would be what we call, and, and different um, Enneagram thinkers, uh, writers, whoever you might come across, sometimes they'll use different phrases or uh, labels for each number. 
uh, in the pure Enneagram work, we like to just work with the number because it takes away any um, prejudice or connotations to uh, words. Mm. But numbers in the, of themselves don't really tell us a lot. So we have to have some kind of descriptors to go with it. So, uh, but ones are typically called uh, perfectionists or reformers. Um, and they would be the ones that see things in a very right, wrong, black and white kind of uh, perspective. There is a right way, and, and they're very motivated to make sure that they you know, stick with that. Twos are the helpers, the givers. Um, their approach uh, to life is, I'm here to be helpful. Um, and, uh, and so they are uh, very uh, other-oriented in terms of uh, getting, picking up on what people need, and they're quick uh, to be there to meet those needs. Threes are the performers or the achievers. And their idea basically is, um, I am what I can do. Mm -hmm. uh, my value is measured by what I accomplish and what I can produce. And so they're very much about being productive, um, to impress people, to kind of get the pat on the back. Mm -hmm. um, their gift is, uh, uh, th they're very, very busy and they look good doing it. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> that's, that's how they're wired. Fours, uh, which you said, Ben, you identify uh, as a four. Uh, they're more the individualists, um, the artists, the romantic, very, very deep with their feelings, very in tune with their feelings, and have a very strong drive <clears throat> to express themselves with an authentic uh, manner uh, because they long to be understood. Um, uh, fours are probably the most complicated uh, of, of all the nine. Uh, because they have all these competing uh, kind of things going on within them. Um, I want to be loved, but I feel like I'm unlovable. Um, I want to belong, but I don't feel like I belong. And yeah. so there's all these competing kinds of, you know, conflicting things going on within them. And, uh, and, and we sort of take pride in being complicated. Too. <laughs> yeah. And they love being complicated because it's raw, it's real, it's unique. Uh, probably one of the great driving motivations of a four is, this to be unique. Um, I don't yeah. want to conform. I, I, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So they bring a lot of beauty to the world because they tend to be very creative uh, because they are so in tune with their, uh, their feelings and they have this drive to authentically express them. As, uh, so anyways, I'm married to a four. And um, if you look around in our house, you see all the unique uh, beauty of photography and artwork that's all original stuff and mm. uh, it, it's pretty sweet deal <laughs> it can also get complicated so, um, fives are uh, the investigators the observers um, they kind of come out the world in the sense that uh, the world does not come through for you um, mm. there's a lot demanded on you and yet nobody's really there to provide that uh, so you better figure it out on your own. Mm. And so they kind of go within themselves, uh, gather information. That's kind of their ticket to safety to make sure they have what they need. But then they want to conserve that. And so they tend to be more um, like inner driven and um, uh, will oftentimes withdraw just to conserve their energy. Sometimes they're labeled introverts. Um, in a clinical sense, anybody, any number could be an introvert, uh, but fives kind of fit that modality um, in, in kind of a generalized way. Yeah. Sixes are loyal skeptics, uh, sometimes called worriers. Uh, they're the ones that are kind of thinking what could go wrong, 
And what's my plan to make sure I'm ready for it when it happens? Uh, mm. They're very driven for certainty and safety and security. Um, and so their mind is going a lot of thinking, doing a lot of thinking, planning for the inevitable worst case scenario. Um, uh, but, uh, and they also um, struggle with trusting because um, they, want, they want so bad uh, this sense of security and safety. Uh, but they're always questioning at the same time because I, I want to make sure I know what I can trust in. Yeah. Uh, the, the beautiful thing about a six, and there are many beautiful things about each number, um, but for the six is like once you've earned their trust, uh, they're your friend for life. That's where mm. we get the loyal part. Um, so they make great friends. Um, they're great uh, company people because once they kind of buy in, uh, they're in. And um, uh and, and, and they're very intelligent because they're, you know, great troubleshooters and planners and so mm. forth. Sevens are the enthusiasts, um, the adventurer. They're always kind of looking for the next best thing uh, because they want to avoid anything that's negative. Mm. Uh, they want to avoid pain, discomfort. So they're always kind of dreaming, thinking, uh, what's fun that we could do or what's the next adventure? Um, and so their mind's going uh, 100 miles an hour as well always kind of looking out in the future, very active imagination um, because they're all about how can we make life, uh, you know, worth living and make sure it's fun. Um, uh, then the eights, uh, they're more of the challengers. Uh, sometimes they're called the boss or the leader, um, the crusader. Uh, they have a keen sense of justice and what's fair and what's not. And they're out to make sure um, things are fair and they're going to right the wrongs uh, in the world. Um, oftentimes they're uh, kind of um, associated with anger because they have very, very strong passion mm. and they can be very direct and they're quite comfortable with anger um, and they're not afraid to use it. Uh, but sometimes eights are surprised that other people experience them as angry and because they think, <laughs> yeah. I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm just passionate. Yep. Uh, if you want to see anger, I'll show you anger. But, yeah. <laughs> but everybody else is like more uncomfortable with anger. So they see that, that directness and that bluntness and they, Ooh, that, you know, don't cross that person. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. Sometimes eights have a hard time because they uh, get cast in a kind of a negative uh, connotation too much. But, and then the nines, which I identify with uh, peacemaker, the mediator, um, we, uh, it's kind of interesting. We sit at the top of the circle uh, and we have this vantage point and we can see everybody else's position and it all makes sense to us. And that's very nine-ish for us uh, because mm -hmm. we really do, we're very empathetic. We see other people's position. The downside of that is we often lose our own position. We don't really know where we stand because we're so invested in everybody else. And we tend to go along to get along yeah. Because we avoid conflict, we want to maintain this sense of harmony. And uh, um, so, so that's, that's kind of a quick, and, uh, quick trip around the circle and, and a quick identification of each nine types. So. Yeah, and I think um, now that I'm thinking about it, it, it might be helpful to kind of go back to each type and kind yeah. of like dig in a little bit. And sure. um, I think that might be the, the most helpful for people. So you can go back and, and start with one and, and you touched on that a little bit. Um, cause I, I, I think what each number they're, they're looking for something. 
Mm-hmm. There, there's something that they deeply want. And what, what is that for a one? Yeah. One is that they, they really long for goodness. Uh, mm. They want the world to be right. And, um, and so that's kind of their superpower that they bring uh, into the circle. And one, one good way to kind of uh, look at this, the, the Enneagram symbol as a, uh, as a whole is that each of these types brings something to the table that is absolutely crucial for the survival of the human species. Mm-hmm. And so one, their gift is the goodness piece. Yeah. Um, another way to look at that, each of these, the best of each of these nine, uh, you combine that, you get what we would call the perfection of God. And so that's, again, the one would be the perfection, the goodness. Um, that's their longing is that they, and they, they long to be a good person uh, because somewhere along the line, they picked up the message that for me to be loved, I, I have to be good. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's not quite enough. I have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And so they're constantly striving to kind of prove uh, to themselves and, and to whoever else um, that I really am worthy to be loved mm-hmm. you know, by being good. So. Yeah. Who's, um, you want me to keep rolling around the numbers? Uh, actually, let's let's dig in a little bit. One, and then we'll yeah, we'll go, keep right. going. Um, so, what um, you know, with that desire, what um, what what's the the major pitfall for a one? The pitfall for the one is is that um, they really become their own worst critic uh, because mm. the world is not perfect. Uh, they aren't perfect, um, and so ones in their in their less developed, more unhealthy state. Um, uh, get caught up in a couple of things. One is the rigidity of having to have it the right way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so there's this constant resistance that they experience with the world because in reality, there isn't a right way. There isn't um, a perfect thing. Um, but the ones are constantly kind of striving to, to make it that way. And where that really, they focus that a lot is on themselves. Um, mm. And so uh, the the so not only the rigidity piece, but then they also get stuck in this thing of of um, the inner critic that cannot mm. be satisfied and cannot be silenced. That there's nothing they can do to make it perfect, but yet they keep striving for it. Um, and so sometimes people, uh, others around the one, uh, might experience that one as maybe being critical or. Um, you know, identifying what's wrong with the situation. But one thing to keep in mind with the one is that, um, that they're even way more critical of themselves than they are of anybody else uh, on the outside. And this is what they live in. They, they, they really wrestle with, am I good enough? Yeah. And they never can quite get the, you know, what is it? The Willy Wonka story, you know, the, uh, the golden ticket or the, you know, the, <laughs> they never can quite get there, but they constantly find themselves striving for it. Mm. So what, um, what's something that's really helpful for ones to do to, to kind of, you know, move and grow in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. I think one of the, the most important things in the one experience um, is to be able to relax of this thing of, the drive for perfection Mm -hmm. and come back to their essence that um, uh, in the garden uh, with the creation story, 
God declares very, very good. Mm. And for the one to be able to be able to take that in and let that really land in them that I'm yeah. already good. Uh, I, I, Imago Dei, I, I'm made in the image and it's good. Mm. And I, can, I can rest in that. And, and sometimes in, in a practical sense, um, I encourage ones, uh, if we could shift that need to be perfect uh, to excellence, does that help? Mm, yeah. uh, because now I can kind of take a breath, relax. Um, and I think that's really important in each, each uh, number, each type structure, whatever it is that, that they're driven for, to be able to relax that. Uh, kind of let go of this grip that they have on it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so to come into this, come back into this uh, place of I'm already loved. I'm loved for who I am, not for my performance or, or by being good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, so uh, number two, the, mm-hmm. the type two, what, what is it they're, that they're looking for? Two is really long for the sense of connection um, that, uh, this is my, uh, and, and all of us are, are longing for to be loved and to be able to love well. And for the twos, they shape that or, or interpret that through, um, I've got to, I've got to get people to like me, um, love me, accept me. And so twos are very driven for this sense of connection. And the way they go about it though, is, um, Somewhere along the line, they picked up this message that um, I only matter when I meet other people's needs. Mm. Um, and so they're very attuned. They have their radar set uh, for uh, what the need is in, in, in the group or the person that they're around. And then they are, their superpower is they just know what they need and match their emotional component. And the twos are there. Uh, so sometimes we say that twos uh, are shape shifters mm. um, in the sense that they're figuring out what, what is, you know, what the people around them need them to be. And then they quickly gravitate to that and they become that mm. um, in that they've also uh, pick up a message that my needs really aren't important or valuable. So I got to deny that because that's painful. So I'm going to be all about meeting these other people's needs. Mm. Um, and again, it's a way so that they can then be liked, be loved, be accepted and belong. Mm. Yeah. So I'd imagine that's, that's part of their pitfall. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And I think um, I, I'd imagine part of it too can be because they're so good at meeting needs, they can, you know, without knowing it become a little manipulative with it. They can. Um, yeah. And that's a great, a great point is that, uh, whatever type we are, um, we often don't see it. We're so good at doing yeah. what we do. Ones are so good at at all the one stuff <laughs> that it becomes their blindness. And twos are that way too. They're they're so automatic with uh, meeting the needs. They don't even know they're doing it. They're just they're in it. Yeah. And um, uh, and they can become manipulative because there's something kind of way down deep uh, in in their uh, psyche is that someday there's going to be uh, a payback. Mm. Uh, it's going to be reciprocated. And so that's one of the things for a two to really do some uh, self-awareness with is that uh, how much of this is true um, uh, 
unconditional love that I'm offering. Mm-hmm. How much of this is I'm doing business? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you know, I'm I'm coming at this with this angle of there's a, there's going to be a payback payoff with this somewhere down mm-hmm. the line. So, yeah. So what what helps a type two kind of grow beyond their type? Twos, I think it's really important for them to come into the, to play is that, you know, um, my needs are important too. And I have those needs. One of the uh, kind of uh, uh, vices for the two is a sense of pride that mm. everybody else has needs and I'm here to meet them. But there's kind of underlying that is, but I don't have the need. Um, yeah. And I know what you need better than you know it. Hmm. So they just get so wrapped up in that that there's very little reflection uh, space given for their own reflection of what's my need and is it okay for me to have a need or do I always have to be strong? Because one of the things that twos do that with that manipulation thing is that they can put themselves in a position of being indispensable. Mm. Uh, you need me to need me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I need you to need me. To need me. <laughs> <That kind of laughs> um, and so for the twos to relax into that and, and to embrace, it's okay for me to have needs. I do have needs. Um, I'm, I'm mortal. I'm, I'm human. It's part of the human condition. And, um, uh, and also I think with that sometimes in a practical way is ask a question. So who am I if that person doesn't need me? Mm. Um, yeah. So it's kind of this deeper dive of who am I at my core and my essence uh, beyond all the roles I can meet, uh, fill and all the needs I can met. If you take all that away, who am I? And mm. you really do some work around that. Yeah, mm. yeah good. Uh, so number uh, type three, What what is it that types three is looking for? Type three is similar to twos and shape shifting, uh, but they're looking for uh, when they look around the room, they're not looking what other people need. Uh, they're looking uh, for themselves. And that is how can I impress these people? Mm. Uh, what's going to, what's going to win the day and make the, you know, get these people to pat me on the, on the back and affirm me and applaud me. Uh, threes can be very image conscious. Um, and again, they're trying to answer the question for them is, um, the only way I am loved and belong is if I perform and succeed. Mm. And so they're very driven again for that, uh, performance oriented, different than the one, uh, who measures performance by doing it right. Uh, the three is measuring it by what kind of applause am I going to get from those around me and whether that's mm. making the sale, getting the promotion, um, you know, being the center of attention to whatever. And threes can, can really, uh, it's interesting. Uh, threes can kind of talk shop with everybody, even if they don't have any background of that. They just <laughs> know, I know how to, I know how to put the sales pitch on yeah, this person. Yeah. And, and they, that's their automatic thing. Um, and they can slip into that um, so easily. And uh, but yeah, the, that's what they're driven by. Cause because if I can be uh, deemed a success or look successful, then I made it, you know, mm. I'm, I, I, I have value. Mm. So what would be their, their pitfall then? Well, their pitfall in that is, can they ever turn that off? Um, yeah. And oftentimes threes are so busy in performing for everybody else. Uh, they really don't know who they are. Mm. Um, and so for the three to slow down, and 
let go of the performance and get more in touch with their their core nature. Um, and again, um, you know, coming back to their essence to know I am loved and yeah. I am valuable because I am, mm. not because of what I can produce, not because I checked off all the boxes on my to-do list for today, not because I made that big sale or any of that. Uh, I am because I am. And so uh, that's tough <clears throat> for the threes to, to be able to get back to that is very difficult because they're so efficient oriented that that seems like a waste of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and threes often very out of touch with their own feelings because feelings just seem too, too complicated, too muddy and they slow the process down because we got to get stuff done. Yeah. Um, and uh, so for them to you know, find ways to come back in, in touch with what do I feel? Um, what's, what's my own heart telling me? Um, mm. And uh, that, that's important work for the three. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Cause just like you said, every type, you know, with their, with their pitfalls and, and, what they're good at they they can become right. a little manipulative and right and uh, and i think yeah and each of these as as you'll see is this pattern what you just brought up uh, ben is um our strengths also are our liabilities mm -hmm. and learning to know how to discern between the two is really crucial yeah yeah, yeah. so what um you know you you talked about three is kind of getting to know themselves a little better what mm -hmm. what are what are some good ways for them to do that to grow out of that i think uh for the threes to be able to slow down a little bit um yeah. you know give themselves uh a pause in their busyness so that they can unwind and come back in into this uh touch base and it really has to be intentional um some kind of inner practice of them uh, whether it's contemplative prayer meditation mm. Uh, something to bring them back in touch with not only their heart and, and what they feel, but also their body um, uh, to say, this is, this is where I'm at. I am here in this moment and what's going on in me in that. Um, and I think, you know, a big piece of that for a three would also uh, find um, some sense of community, whether that's a really trusted close friend or a group that would help them in that process and affirm to them, we love you because of you and we want to know you. We don't need you to perform here. Yeah. Um, you can leave that at the door. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think, you know, finding those ways to, to practice that. Uh, the other thing for three, it, it sounds like a kind of a severe mercy, but uh, being able to taste a little bit of failure and mm -hmm. to be able to embrace that. Um, is probably necessary suffering. Um, it's true for all of us, but I think especially for a three that can be so performance oriented, um, you know, for them to be able to, to allow that work to happen rather than just rushing off and trying to find some new success to medicate that. Yeah. When I like what you talk about there, just ha having a good community that, that can speak into your life. Cause a lot of times the people in our lives um, they, they might love us because of what we do in our dysfunction, you know, because of what we <laughs> yeah. offer in that. <laughs> well, and I think that's one reason makes it so difficult for three to do their personal work 
is because when they're in their threeness, uh, they get a lot of applause. This, mm-hmm. this works in American culture. Uh, yeah. We love success stories. You know, we love productivity. You know, uh, what do we say? Almost the first thing that when people say, hey, how you're doing? I'm, I'm busy as if yeah. that's, you know, <laughs> a, a merit badge. And, and that's a, that's like, you know, a drug of choice for the three. Yeah. You know? So it was like, you know, keep pumping it in me. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, I think that makes it extra tough for the three because it, it, it sells so well in our culture here. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's go on, on to four, which I'm familiar with. <laughs> what, what is, what is the four looking for? You tell me what for you. How would you answer it? You're the expert of a four. Uh, I I would say um, what we really want is we we want to be known. Yes. And 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 unfortunately, that seems like that's so hard to get sometimes, especially with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah that that longing to be known, to be recognized. Um, my wife talks about how. Uh, how extraordinary she felt like she had to be in order to get her parents' attention. Mm. Um, she grew up in a very musical family. Uh, uh, her dad also psychiatrist, very driven, uh, very successful. Um, so all of this, you know, it's like, uh, you know, so how am I going to be noticed? Uh, well, I better really wow them kind of a thing. And that gets, yeah. you know, that gets ingrained into your, into your core at that early age, um, boy, it's hard to unhook from that. But yeah, mm. I think this longing to, to, to belong, to yeah. be loved, yeah. to be noticed, to be special. Yeah. And then how do we well, do that? Yeah. And, and, and like you talked about earlier when you're kind of doing your overview that they, we, we shoot ourselves in the foot like every step of the way. Cause mm-hmm. we, you know, I want to be known, but I also want to be, impressive somehow you know usually whether it's special or unique or or exceptional and and so i want to be known but i'm never actually offering anybody something that can be known (laughs) right or um sometimes it's this this trap then of um i want to belong i want to be known but i also want to pride myself in being so unique that I'm not like anybody else because mm. I'm so special. Um, yeah. And so again, this, these conflicting kind of my <laughs> the story of my wife uh, as a four, we live in a small community and in, in these small towns there are um, different like civic groups. Um, and so when we uh, first moved here, uh, she wanted to be a part of, you know, be invited to be a part of one of the, the many women's organizations here in the community. Well, they're all by invitation. So, so she waits and waits and waits for this invitation. Just like, why don't they invite me? I want to belong. And then they finally, uh, one of the groups invited her. She goes to the first meeting and says, I don't want to be a part of that group. They're boring. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I can so relate to that. We, we, we went to a, we went to a family member's um, wedding and, and I, I, I didn't know the groom hardly at all. Um, and, the, and he was doing something fun with the guys. And so, and I'm, of course, I'm just like, I should be a part of that. You know, I'm a guy, you know, I'm, I'm so like, like disrespected or whatever, but, but, <laughs> but if they would have asked me, you know, I would have been like, dang, now I gotta go. 
<laughs> you know, cause they were doing stuff I wasn't going to have fun with anyway, but I'm just like, yeah. I, I should be invited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the beautiful things that the Ford does with that though, is that um, they see uh, kind of what's missing uh, in a situation and they yeah. know how to bring the value to that. Um, mm. You know, what we can make this a really special occasion. Mm. Uh, kind of a thing and, and that's one a great gift that the four does offer because the rest of us could be totally oblivious that there's anything missing but the fours because their their emotional radar is so tuned in they pick it up and um and so they, they bring a very valuable uh uh you know voice uh, to that so yeah and that can be you know the like you said, that your gift is also your pitfall because, you know, then we, then we can get too focused on that and then nothing is ever right. good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I heard somebody say that uh, the fours have this ability uh, to see um, the, the best of everything that could be but the worst of everything that is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. Here and now is never good, but the idealized future you know if, oh it could just be this you know and so yeah, yeah that's one of the the many tensions that i think the four lives with so yeah and i i know for me you know just thinking of, of stuff that has helped um you know that a, a community has really helped um mm -hmm. i have a spiritual director that's very um you know it's like i have people in my life that perform different roles you know i have i have a therapist who gives me a chance to air the things that like other people maybe can't handle me talking mm -hmm. about because it can be very deep and intense. Right. Um, but then I have a spiritual director who will just be super blunt with me. And, you know, when, when I'm, when I'm staying there too far, like he will call me on it. And, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I need that voice to kind of bring me out of that. And, and just, just like being in the practicing presence, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's, yeah. That, that's one thing that my, my job is really nice about, you know, because I, I do tech support. And so like, if I'm opening up a computer, like there's something I'm doing there that that's my focus, you know, I can mm -hmm. practice that yeah. focus. Yeah. Um, what, what else have you seen that's been helpful? I think also for the four in that um, I'm here now and that's good. Mm. It's, it's, it's good enough for now. Mm. Um, yeah. and, and where is the beauty in this moment? Mm. Um, can I embrace it um, and really move towards uh, the both and um, mm. it is both really good even when there is something wrong and I think you know some fours tend to get so hyper focused on what's missing um, what's hurting um, you know kind of the the melancholy side of it it's very, very difficult for them to be also embraced. At the same time, there's also incredible beauty and value and uh, joy all happening um, in this present moment too. And can I can I tap into that? Yeah, um, yeah. And embrace that. Um, uh, I think is is a real important thing um, in the four experience in particular. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so moving on to type five, what, what is, what's a five looking for? Five, uh, when we get into five, we get into the, the more fear triad. And so the mm. five is, um, thinking in terms of, uh, the world is a dangerous place and withholds 
And so uh, they're looking for some way to be competent and mm. to have sufficiency, but they determine that that's something I got to do on my own. Mm. Um, so they're always trying to construct this, this sense of I've got enough, I've got this figured out, um, the information, the analyzation, whatever, that's my safety, that's my security in this dangerous world. And so uh, that's kind of their drive, their orientation is to be competent, uh, to be enough in these, in these moments that could be challenging for them, or they perceive that's going to be challenging. Mm. Uh, so what, what's, a, what's a big pitfall for them with that? Well, in that, then they uh, get so caught up in analyzing and observing that life can pass them by. Mm. Uh, uh, so they, they spend their entire life living for a life they never get to live. Mm. Um, always preparing, always, you know, planning or making sure they, they've got enough. Um, some people, let's say two uh, fives that I, that they're friends of mine who say that they, uh, you know, death by analysis, um, mm. they're busy, you know, they need a new washer and dryer. And so, uh, they dive into all the, the reviews online, um, all of that stuff. And when they finally, you know, pick one out, uh, the sale is over. Mm. <laughs> so, they, uh, so sometimes the fives in that, uh, the overanalyzation, uh, they never pull the trigger. They never get involved. Um, another friend of mine who's a five, because uh, fives oftentimes feel much more comfortable being alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can kind of figure out who they are, uh, what they feel. They do a better job of doing that by themselves. Um, and, and being out with others, uh, they think is going to take up so much emotional energy that they kind of hold back. Um, mm. And this friend of mine, a um, couple of daughters, uh, who one's now in college, uh, but for most of their family vacations and events, he would stay home and let mom take him. And mm. so their whole kind of childhood passes him by and he never got involved, mm. uh, never pulled the trigger, never jumped in. And so that's some of the five, uh, the danger for the five to be paying attention to is, um, okay, yeah, information's great, but somewhere along the line, we have to trust that I know enough and I can, I can be involved and it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, my um, my my mom looked into the enneagram and, and saw that she was a type five, and mm-hmm. I it some a lot of things clicked with that. And um, I remember when I was a kid, um, we we rarely had friends over because mm-hmm. it was such an ordeal for her. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, cause I kid, I didn't understand that. Like why it's, they're just going to come over and hang out. Like, what's the big deal. But like, now I, I understand that, like right. from where she operated, that was a big yeah. deal. And that's, that's one of the, another great, um, component of the Enneagram is that once we understand whoever we're living with, like in this case with your mom, once you kind of understand their structure, like, Oh, well that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And now I have a lot more compassion. Mm, uh, for yeah. her um, yeah. I get this 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 drained her um, mm. and um, and so yeah it, it can be very very helpful I, I've got a friend who said um, she uh, would have you know her friends would say hey let's go do blah 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 and she would just like freeze and says well 
I think I could do that like two years from now. <laughs> and they're like, what? And she was serious. So I was like, I need like in, in her thinking is I need that much time to make sure I've got enough emotional energy to go do that. Mm. Um, now, obviously probably be nice if she could work on that a little bit and realize, Oh, I don't, I don't need that much build up time. But yeah. at the same time to understand this really, for fives, that's really a big challenge to be spontaneous and go do yeah. something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So what, what helps them grow to kind of, you know, where they're not missing out on stuff all the time? Well, I think in that, um, to be, again, aware of what's driving this and this sense of fear um, and come back to, again, their essence is that there is enough to go around for everybody, mm. um, including myself. And, um, and then just to kind of push themselves gently with compassion, but push themselves out in that discomfort of getting involved, um, recognizing, okay, it's time to put this down, put the book down. I'm going to go get involved in the conversation. Yeah. And, um, uh, and so just that practice and, and catching themselves, when do I see myself, <clears throat> excuse me, withdrawing and pulling away? And do I really need to do that? Or can I stay in this? And and maybe I'll discover this is more energizing than I thought it was. Mm, yeah. Um, and uh, so just to step into that a little bit more and, and develop that practice. So, mm. so number six, what, what's a six looking for? Six is looking for certainty, safety, mm -hmm. security. Yeah. Um, but again, in a dangerous world. Uh, where things go wrong. And so they're constantly thinking, so I better be ready for that. Yeah. yeah. So their mind is constantly working, planning, preparing for that worst case scenario. Interesting thing. Once it finally happens, it's like, I'm in my A game. I was planning for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got some six friends that told me when COVID hit, it was like, I'm not surprised by this at all. I've been, I've been expecting something like this my whole life. And they kind of had a plan already in place, how they were going to protect themselves, you know, have all the, you know, san the, uh, the uh, cleaning and, you know, materials and all that stuff in place. And, you know, um, but yeah, so they're really driven by this sense of uh, who can I trust? Um, uh, and the challenge of that, uh, you know, we talk about the pitfalls of this is that sixes tend to see the answer outside of themselves. And so they're kind of looking for the right group, mm. uh, the right system, the right doctrine or dogma, um, church, political system, friend group, whatever, uh, that's going to answer this deep insecurity within themselves. Um, and so they put a lot of focus on this outward um, kind of place of authority. And so their growth is to come inside and to learn to trust themselves and, um, uh, and to say, you know, um, I, can, I can make some of these decisions on my own and, and trust that I don't have to be so dependent upon somebody else to, to show me the way and, and give me the sense of security uh, that I'm looking for. Um, the other thing for six is to, to learn this whole thing of worry and anxiety. Mm. Uh, most of what we're anxious about is in our imagination mm -hmm. and will never happen. Yeah. Um, yet you get caught in that. It's like a vortex of, 
all this emotional energy, mental energy, and it becomes a lot of unproductive thinking, planning for things, preparing for things that aren't going to happen. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to relax again and trust, trust themselves, trust that if that happens, I'll figure it out. Um, uncertainty is okay. It's part of life. Um, living with the ambiguity, the paradoxes and so forth. Mm. Yeah. As, as I mentioned, my, my wife, you know, she, she would identify her as a, as a six, as herself, herself as a six right now. And it's funny because we, when you look at like what our society says, gender stereotypes should be, Mm -hmm. um, her and I are opposite on that in a lot of ways. Um, and, and because the stereotypes are BS anyway, but, um, but because that's what we kind of grew up with, like it, it, it used to like make me feel a little insecure because part of it too is that she grew up on, she grew up on the streets. Like she's very tough hmm. and she's always planning for this stuff. And, and if somebody broke into our house, like by the time I would figure out what I need to do, like she would have it already taken care of already. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember <laughs> that there was a time we were, we took our son to a skate park and there was a, um, an older older kid there like i think he was like 19 or something and he was riding his bike and he didn't have a helmet and he he slipped and he smacked his head against the concrete and just blood started pouring out and mm-hmm. it's like as soon as it happened i was like i know i'm not i don't know how to handle this but i know who does it's like yeah. I go, you know <laughs> yeah, i go straight for my wife you know yeah. and it's like and that's but that that's something that she's gifted at yeah sixes are brilliant uh so they're great troubleshooters uh, you know they, they have a plan um and, and those are great things to bring to the table and uh their sense again of loyalty um and support uh just unmatched and so again each of these types have their 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 beauty and the gifts that they bring to the table their superpowers and uh you know want to celebrate them um as a nine I often need the six because as a nine, I can kind of just conveniently pretend everything's just going to work out and be fine and live in this naive kind of, you know, peaceful state. And I need some of that six to say, Mm -hmm. uh, no, this could actually go wrong. (laughs) You might want to plan for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh really? Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, just, like like in all these things, when you get trapped in your in your pattern, you can't get out of it. It's just hard, you know, you know when people just worry, you know, incessantly. It's like, oh, give yourself a break. You know, you don't have to work so hard on that. Yeah. So as you mentioned, like six struggle, you know, with the worrying and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's something that helps them grow and and deal with that? I think in that uh, coming back to their essence, that uh, there 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 is safety. Um, there is security to be had even in a dangerous world. And can I trust that and relax that um, and know that there, there is a plan that's bigger than mine. Um, mm. I don't have to figure out the whole world yeah. and all the problems, even in my own life. And, um, and just to be able to accept the reality, it's hard, but uh, I think it's an important part of growth is that I can't plan for everything yeah. and I can't protect everybody. Um, I can't even protect my own, my own life. It's a dangerous world. So what does trust look like? Uh, what is that? How do I play that out? Um, 
and um, and kind of let go of this sense that it's all up to me mm-hmm. um, and um, you know do what I can, but no one I can let it go. Um, yeah. I've done enough sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, that's good. So for for a seven, what are they looking for? Sevens, um, it's interesting. Sevens are also kind of fear driven. Um, mm. They don't look like it because they're having so much fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're such adventurous uh, kind of people. Um, but the seven, what they're afraid of is they're afraid of pain. Mm. Um, and they're afraid of, of being uncomfortable or stuck in negativity. Um, so what they're looking for is they're looking for some way to escape the pain, um, any kind of those limitations and so they're off looking in the future of kind of the perfect scenario. Um, and so they're kind of looking for, you know, uh, for life to have meaning for me to belong. Um, I can't miss out on anything that's good um, mm. or fun or adventurous. I've got to have it all. Um, and so, uh, so they can kind of get um, caught up in this um, uh, gluttony of sort um, where, you, you keep devouring and consuming, but you never really slow down and taste what you're eating mm, um, yeah. kind of a thing. And uh, so, yeah, so that, that that's their longing for, you know, what they're, avo- and the other thing that they're really afraid of is that, and they're resistant to is that they are resistant to anything that's going to limit them, limit mm. their imagination, their possibilities, so forth. And so they're going to be pushing against, uh, you know, don't, don't tell me I can't do that. Uh, don't bog me down with your negativity uh, because, <laughs> you know, you might make me miss out on something. Mm. Um, um, I heard a guy say one time he uh, planned and planned and planned for his, he and his wife's 40th wedding anniversary and um, he made good money. And so he was able to buy, I think it was like a 30 day cruise through the Mediterranean or some crazy, you know, super luxurious thing. <laughs> and, um, and so he planned and, saved and got all this done and they finally get there they're out on the cruise ship second day he starts thinking what's what's the next vacation i can plan (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of the the seven kind of drive and experience yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so that um yeah you said some of the pitfalls are kind of that that gluttony of of not Mm -hmm. not tasting their experience and right and, um, and, you know, I, I think, um, a lot of things can build up on them because they're, mm-hmm. they're not, you know, they like, they're, you know, they're not going to look at that difficult stuff. They're not going to look at their issues unless like their life depends on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but that's an important lesson for them to learn, uh, and for their growth is to come to understand, uh, resolving the past, touching the pain, dealing with it effectively, really opens up my life to more freedom in mm-hmm. the long run. Yeah. Even though in the moment it's inconvenient and feels like, ugh, you know, Debbie Downer kind of, uh, <laughs> you know. uh, but if I can do that well, it's going to open the door for what I really long for. And that's, you know, what true freedom's about. And, yeah. And it, it, and then it leads them into much deeper relationships. Um, really hard to have a relationship with somebody who doesn't want to deal with real problems. Yeah. Um, you know, we just want to live in the pretend land out there. Well, you know, that's romantic for a while, but it wears thin if the bills aren't getting paid. <laughs> yeah. 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 
So, so number eight, what are they looking for? Eight, uh, they're similar to sevens in the sense they don't want to be restricted, but eights, uh, their, their push is they don't want anybody to control them or mm. to overpower them. Um, and uh, uh, so uh, what they're longing for is a place where they can feel like they're in control. Mm-hmm. That's how they can assure in their thinking that life is going to work and I'm going to be, you know, have what I need. And uh, so that's really a push against uh, nobody tell me what to do. Um, and in that they interpret that the world uh, is made up of two kinds of people, the strong and the weak. Mm. And we know what happens to weak people. So I'm going to be the strong one. Yeah. Probably came from some experience in their life where they saw themselves as a weak one and they made a determination. I'm not, I'm not playing that game anymore. I'm going to mm. be the one going to be in control and so they're always kind of pushing and challenging uh wanting that sense of uh control the other thing with with eights is that um they see weakness or vulnerability as a character flaw Mm. um and so they gotta you know steal themselves up and uh build this kind of um this protection for themselves uh that looks strong and and invincible because that's what they think it's going to take to to make it in life Mm. so what's their what's their pitfall or may, maybe we could a better way to say that is what what are they missing out on because of well, that? they're missing out on the reality that um that all of us have our weaknesses um and it's okay uh, it's yeah. part of the human experience and uh to embrace that to be vulnerable actually requires much more strength mm. than what it looks like um, on the outside, uh, yeah. that's where real courage is, is to come, uh, to terms with our vulnerabilities and our weaknesses. Um, the other thing that eights miss out on is, uh, uh, they miss out on, on the reality of, of our human limitations and that, uh, if, if they're not careful with that, they push themselves to a breaking point. Mm. Um, and eventually you know, something's going to break down. Yeah. Um, and then it's kind of ugly and messy. If they could learn that and work with that and realize I, I do have my limits and that's okay. I'll work with them. That's where my real strength can be. Um, so, uh, so I think those are some of the, the growth areas. The other thing that eights sometimes uh, miss out on is how other people around them are experiencing their, their strength and, mm, and yeah. so forth. Because in their mind, they're thinking, I'm just direct. Um, or passionate, but everybody else may be experiencing them as being really confrontational. All right. I'm just saying what everybody's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it, it can, you know, it, that blind spot, like any of our blind spots gets in the way of, of having good relationships. Mm. Um, yeah. So what, what helps them grow past that? What helps them grow, I think is, um, probably getting a little bit of age and experience under their belt to realize, Hmm, you know, I'm not as invincible. Uh, I do have my limitations, but if they can intentionally and proactively uh, really do some work around uh, the vulnerability piece um, and be able to see that in a different light, a more accurate light, I think that really opens them up to, um, you know, I don't have to, you know, push my way through everything kind of thing. Mm, Um, It's okay to be able to, to embrace this other side of me. Um, Yeah. It really opens them up to a deeper, more rich um, 
uh, human experience, I think. Mm-hmm. So some Brene Brown stuff on vulnerability would be really good, good stuff for Nate to, to plug into. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, I, your type, type nine. What, nine. What are you looking for? Uh, the ones that are most <laughs> like Jesus, right? Uh, <laughs> nines are looking for harmony, peace, um, uh, the sense of everything is in its place and everything belongs mm. uh, because we experience um, conflict, um, uh, the, I- any kind of disruption to our harmony as a threat. Um, that you know we're going to be uh, rejected, abandoned. Um, uh, you know, love is going to be lost. That sort of thing. And so, um, so in that search for that sense of harmony and peace, uh, we tend to put our anger asleep because mm-hmm. anger can create disruption and conflict. Yeah. Um, we also tend to let everybody else take center stage and we'll play, we kind of go in the background. Uh, one of the first things I heard about a nine is that we tend to become atmosphere instead of people. Mm. Um, and I think there's a lot of truth to that um, because we just blend in, we can uh, kind of merge into everybody else's agenda and personality. Um, and so, but it's a way to kind of, again, kind of keep this sense of harmony and peace and, uh, uh, so forth. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so th- that's that longing again for us to, to find our way in, in that. Mm. And I, I, I've heard people say this and, I, and I've experienced it with friends that I have that are type nines that because they, they kind of give themselves to the situation. Um, you know, there's so many times where you come away, just, you're like, Oh, the, he agreed with me. Right. Yeah. He yeah. really didn't. He did. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we are very peaceful. Uh, we're not pretentious uh, by nature. Um, and we truly are empathetic and care. And we truly understand people's perspective. But this got me in trouble when I was pastoring uh, because inevitably you get conflict in a church. So mm. one person who had, you know, represented one side would come and lay out their thing and like, that makes a lot of sense. I see how you feel about that. Well, yeah. they went away from that thinking he's on my side. Yeah. Then the other side come in, same thing. Like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And they go away thinking I voted for them. And, you know, <laughs> in reality, I'm thinking I didn't vote for anybody. I just yeah. understood. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so interesting. If we're not aware of that, we actually create the very thing we're trying to avoid. And that's conflict. Because mm. now they're both mad at me you know yeah 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 i had i had several times where i i was like i thought maybe i am a nine because you know nines and fours are both so Mm -hmm. empathetic right and and it's very much like i i totally see where you're coming from and there you know we have different motivations for that yeah being married to a four um the other the other aspect in that is that we both tend to have a withdrawn approach uh, mm. to dealing with things. Yeah. And, um, and so sometimes it's hard, you know, when, when, it, when it's time to become aggressive and take charge and just go for it, uh, it that that's a challenge for us. <laughs> One of our standing jokes is we've been talking about moving for about 25 years <laughs> and, uh, you know, we keep talking about it, keep talking, but no one really wants you know, to, to really take the aggressive approach to it. Um, 
so yeah, something to, to pay attention to with that as well. I'm mm. got a little bit off track there, but yeah. Yeah. So, so what it what do nines miss out on? Nines often miss out on their own life. They fall asleep to their own life and mm. uh, tend not to take ownership and state claim to their their own truth and desires. Um, nines can tend to um, not pay attention to their own self development, uh, mm-hmm. so they can, you know, avoid, um, for example, avoid getting a job promotion because it's more comfortable to stay where they're at. Yeah. And by anyway, somebody else probably wanted that, <laughs> um, or they're they're more deserving. Um, and so sometimes that's that's a challenge of nine is that uh, we we don't put enough initiative uh, for ourselves. We don't speak up. We don't assert ourselves. We don't insert ourselves into situations and conversations. And um, and with that becoming kind of blending into the wallpaper atmosphere kind of thing. Uh, we can miss out on um, life. And it's also interesting, other people miss out on us too. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, my father uh, was a nine um, and uh, he passed away about a year ago. And kind of the reality that struck me is that I felt like that there was a lot about him I didn't ever really know because he didn't, he didn't assert himself. He didn't push himself out there and I wanted him to. Yeah. Um, but he was just that laid back, you know, very kind, very loving, but there's a sense of, but I want to know you more. I want to know mm. you deeper. Yeah. And so that's another thing that we nines need to pay attention to. Mm. So what, what helps you grow past that? Um, I think for me in particular, as I, I work with that, um, again, that awareness and it's like, once I am aware of it, now I know I've got to do something with it. It's like, you know, the toothpaste is out of the tube and it's not going <laughs> back in. Um, and so uh, practicing, uh, being, speaking up, uh, giving myself validity that I really do count. My voice counts. Um, people want my input and they, they need that. There's a gift I bring and mm-hmm. I want to show up. And so it's this, uh, just an ongoing practice of, of paying attention. What is needed in this moment for me? What's mm-hmm. calling me? Um, what's my task here and now? And, and can I step into that um, and, uh, you know, take that action? Because for the nine, that's kind of the, um, the growth thing is the learning to take action mm-hmm. uh, rather than holding back and, and, um, keeping peace going along to get along. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it'd be helpful just um, one more time, just touching on what each type, like what they offer to the world. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I, I think that was a huge thing for me when I got into the Enneagram, the Enneagram helped me to see that b- because I have emotional depth, Mm-hmm. that sometimes gets me in trouble because I, I stay there mm-hmm. too long. But, right. but because of that, I have something I offer the world is that like, and especially through my writing, people can invite, you know, they can look at the stuff vicariously that maybe they're not ready to deal with themselves, Yeah, but they can experience that in my writing or, you know, right. other people's songs or movies. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we, again, like we're, we're not our types, um, mm-hmm. but like the stuff that we go through definitely gives us gifts to give to the world, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the wounded healer kind of thing. 
Yes, very um, much so. Yeah, so what, um, if you wouldn't mind just real quick, just touching on, you know, each type again, just what, what they offer the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I think uh, keep in mind that each of these types in their best uh, part of themselves mm-hmm. bring something that a all a human the, the the survival of our species needs yeah but also they all represent a, an aspect of the of the full nature of god mm, yeah. um and uh and so i think there's several things one other uh kind of angles i don't know who i heard this from but we talk a lot in the enneagram world of our shadow side mm-hmm. when we keep going to our automatic patterns and yeah. overplay these things that we've talked about. But there's also a golden shadow to each of these as well. Mm. Um, the I beauty like that, term. Uh, that, that each one brings. So, so for one, the beauty of goodness, uh, the, 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 the drive to be ethical and honest, mm. um, you know, that's the, we, we desperately need that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and if you're going to go in for brain surgery, you probably want a one, to be your brain surgeon. <laughs> yeah. You don't want the guys. Oh, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this precision and, and, and the goodness and uh, the drive for excellence. And again, the, the strong ethic of goodness uh, uh, that the one brings is, is a very powerful thing for the two, the, um, the, the generosity and unselfishness and um mm caregiving and helpfulness um this kind of connection and relationship uh is a beauty of the two yeah. uh the three to be um to be productive uh to get things done accomplish and do them well uh there's a need for this drive that the three brings um my gosh if the world depended on me as a nine <laughs> We'd be stuck. We'd still be back in, you know, probably a hundred years ago. Um, but the three sees these things out there and the possibilities, and and they're they have the uh, the energy and the confidence to go get her done. Yeah. Um, and so so there's that that drive creativity piece to that. Four is again uh, the the beauty of the art of expression. Um, of uh, filling in the missing pieces, you know, the, the world would be really dull and, and monotone mm-hmm. if it weren't for the, what the four brings to the table, as you mentioned so well, and the writing and the, the depth of, of movies and music and all that. Uh, just, and, and there's, a, there's a, an emotional intelligence that the four brings yeah, yeah. that is crucial for us. Um, and unfortunately, gets underplayed and undersold in our culture. You know, what's mm. the first thing to go when there's a, a budget crutch uh, for a school district? Mm. Yeah. Band, music, arts. Music, yeah. arts. And like, wh- why? Who, who's, and yet that is such a, you know, such a, an important piece of who we are in our humanity. Mm. Um, so they bring that and just that depth of, of, um, of that, that sense of, of, um, empathy and uh i can connect with you at that deep emotional uh, level yeah. fives bring the analyzing the thinking uh competency um you know processing uh, thinking things through planning it out um uh piece to it that's so desperately uh, needed in so many different you know situations and um 
so they, and that sense of self-efficacy that the fives carry with them, um, they have very little, you know, dependency needs on other people to to take care of their responsibilities because they do them themselves. Now, that's a, that's a great gift and mm-hmm. a great model for the rest of us to to pull from. Sixes with their loyalty um, and their um, their ability to create safe environments and to think through um, what's going on. Uh, very keen minds and and very good thinkers and problem solvers and and planners. Um, you know we need that and then again as i mentioned the the loyalty that comes with with the six um you know you, you just can't find a better friend uh, yeah. than, than that six who's going to be with you and stick with you through all that sevens um you know i think during the pandemic uh how badly we need sevens mm, yeah. find there is a silver lining uh there is still fun to be had uh there is joy in the midst of the difficulties and the sevens bring that and help us see that and uh, and that and that fine taste that they carry with them uh, that just comes natural for them. And no, this would really be a beautiful experience, you know, kind of a thing. Let, let's mm. make it happen. And just the possibilities because seven, yeah. like, hey, anything's possible. Make it <laughs> Eights bring with them that drive for justice. Um, yeah. They really have a compassionate, soft heart underneath all the. Uh, you know, all the, the forcefulness that they bring. Um, and, uh, and, and part of that is uh, they want to defend the underdog. Uh, they want to take care of the marginalized. Yeah. Uh, many of the great um, changers of culture probably have been eights because they see what's wrong. Uh, they see the injustice and they have the energy and the drive to go get it changed. Mm. Um, and the, and they're like you know dogs on a bone. They won't let go of it. <laughs> um, and so that's a, a great gift uh, that they bring. And then nines, um, this sense of empathy, uh, compassion, um, creating peace. I mean, good night. We need that uh, yeah. sorely uh, yeah. right now with all the polarity that's going on. Um, and so to 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 be reconcilers. Nines are gifted in reconciling those who are at odds with each other. Mm. Um, and so I think that's a great gift that we nines um, can bring um, uh, that sense of not just uh, dabbing things over, but making genuine peace. Um, yeah. It's hard work. And I think nines are good at that. So, yeah. Jeff, this has been really, really helpful. And I am really glad to have someone, um, you know, I've, I've read a lot about the Enneagram, so mm-hmm. I can talk about it, you know, to an extent, but, I think it's really, it's such a helpful tool and I'm, I'm glad that you can come on here and, and explain it more and, and um, hopefully let people's appetite a little bit because of course there's, there's so many more avenues of the Enneagram. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We barely scratched the surface. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets more helpful, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and and helps you see yourself a little bit more objectively and, um, and it grows with you. Um, You know, you, you never graduate out of it because you're constantly, discovering more about yourself but also uh, as life moves on you're in new situations new challenges and the enneagram is is a growing tool it's flexible and and it dives into all that so it's never like you can oh yeah i did that got the certificate hanging on the wall (laughs) Um, it's really something that really helps us in our uh, you know our our path of life and growth and spiritual formation 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, thanks again um, so much. Um, I mentioned you have your, your um, nonprofit. Yeah, people want to find uh, more about that. It's transmuto.org. Um, and basically uh, what I do with that is uh, help people um, identify and overcome barriers that keep them from growth. And so we're about helping people in their own personal development, spiritual formation. Mm. I do um, typing interviews to help people uh, nail down what their Enneagram type is. And then coaching. I also do presentations for groups and organizations uh, along those lines. Um, so, uh, yeah, so find me at that. Also, our Facebook page is Transmuto. And then on Instagram is Transmuto KC, like Kansas City. Um, and uh, connect with me in any of those uh, social media uh, avenues. So, Cool. Well, thanks again, Jeff, so much. It's been a lot of fun. Well, thank you, Ben. It's been a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much for what you're doing and your good work. And uh, keep up the writing. Uh, that's so important. So. Mm. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thanks.